Welcome to the Slay Podcast with Leanne Gabriel. Listen in as she leads and empowers with stories of inspiring women making a difference in today's world. Well, good afternoon, Slay family. I am here today with a woman who is fighting for the underdog. I'm super excited about that. Today, we have a special guest coming out of the New York, New Jersey marketplace, excuse me, and that is our special guest, Adria Goldman Gross. She is the CEO of Medwise Insurance Advocacy. So first of all, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you. And very excited to have you here. Your company is so exciting. Could you please take a minute? And before we dive in today, just tell everybody a little bit about what your company does and how you serve people. Can I, can I tell them my story? Can we start with that? I was going to do that next. So let's jump in. Yes. Go for your All story. right. No problem. So, um, I've had a really unusual life, which most people, thank God, have not. Um, I became sick at the age of 11 and a half. And um, I was taking an exam. We had a map. And I had to write down the cities in the map. And all of a sudden, this thing came on me where I really didn't feel well. And uh, I was in a Hebrew school at the time in my synagogue. And I'm writing things down. All of a sudden, I just felt so awful. And one of my friends took me down the hall, took me into the office. I sat there for, I went, as soon as I sat down, I went into a coma. Again, I'm 11 and a half years old, went into a coma. And when my dad came to get me two hours later, he could see I could walk, but I couldn't talk. And uh, as he was driving me home, he decided, okay, I better turn around and go to the hospital. So 10 hours after I went into this coma, I woke up in the hospital, laying in the bed, and I look straight ahead and I see a cross on the wall thinking I'm in heaven. But instead, I looked on my right, the rabbi was there, I looked on my left, my parents were there. And at that time, I felt like I was Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz waking up out of her dream and being surrounded by those people who work for the farm, you know, where, where she lived. But I was really shocked um, that I was very sick and I almost died. A lot of people I had encephalitis, which is type of sleeping sickness, is an inflammation of the brain. A lot of people die from it, but I was blessed. Uh, I was blessed that I was still alive, but I wound up living with epilepsy, uh, which, I used to average 18 seizures a month. At one point, I was on 32 pills a day. I never controlled. And um, finally, after living with this for almost 25 years of my life, I had brain surgery. I had left temporal lobectomy. And I, I went to college. I had an issue with my university. Uh, they knew before I came there that I had epilepsy. And uh, when I walked out of a classroom due to a seizure in Arlington, Massachusetts, they called me and they said, why don't you leave and reapply in two years? And I said, there's no way I'm going to do that. I, I, I'm here. You knew what was happening. You knew the situation. Now I walk out of the classroom. You want me to leave? I said to him, that's not going to happen. So long story short, um, I, I, I went, I took classes there, graduate graduate school classes for becoming a social worker. And instead of graduating that June, I graduated that August, uh, went back to my hometown, Port Jervis, New York, 
And, um, and then after about so many months, I moved to New York, it was about nine months, I moved to New York City. And it was a tough life living there because I was having all these seizures. But finally, I was um, tested to see if I was operable to get the damaged area out of my brain to be able to um, no longer have seizures. So I was blessed and I had a left temporal lobectomy. And my first job after that was working for an insurance company where they taught me how to deny claims. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I worked at the insurance company, the first one for two years. Within two weeks, they taught me how to deny. Then I worked at another insurance company for 10 years. Again, within two weeks, it taught me how to deny. But it both insurance companies, I was in the claims area. I also was in underwriting. I did appeals. Um, I, I It was a very, very interesting but d- depressive situation because <laughs> I'd be denying the claims and then the phone calls would come in. And then when they would call the uh, CEO of the insurance company, the executive office would call me out and they say, Adria, pay this claim. <laughs> and the reason why is because they were worried that they're going to get sued. You know, people are going to go after them and they're going to find them. The What I've learned is all of you out there, when you have a claim that's denied, it's usually denied. They're going to say it was, you didn't have pre-authorization. Uh, they're going to say it wasn't medically necessary. They're going to say... Uh, uh, is experimental. Mm. Um, they always give excuses. And even sometimes it is coded wrong by the doctor or, um, uh, you know, there's all different reasons why they do the denials. And if I know that it is something that I can overturn, I go right for it and overturn it. But that's really what my business is. I opened up this business 14 years ago. It uh, is called Medwise Insurance Advocacy. And if you look it up online, it's www.medicalinsuranceadvocacy.com. So your experience was first that you were, ironically, in all of this taught exactly how to be the thing that you're fighting. That's where you learned how to fight it, I guess. If you were taught how to deny and taught how to tell people that they weren't going to have coverage. And now you know the rules of the game to help people get that coverage. Right. Right. I learned how to twist the arms of the insurance company. Brilliant. Now, this is a really big deal. And, you know, I have a very dear friend of mine that went through a similar situation. I wish I'd known you years ago, but people can need serious medical treatment. And in that time, the insurance company is denying it. And if no one fights for them, they either don't get the treatment or the financial consequences can be staggering. Can you take a minute and talk about what happens to people when they get a treatment and they're not covered and what the financial impact is, please. I got to tell you, you know, a lot of times if you're going in for surgery and they give you a pre-authorization and you have the surgery done and look, I've seen bills, I've handled cases like a couple million dollars, you know, uh, I have, I, I have limited time for small cases because sometimes it's not worth it for me and even for my client, you know, Um, but um, they, what they do is sometimes you have pre-authorization, you get the pre-authorization, 
the doctor or the hospital, they're planning everything for you. You're all set up to go. You go and you have the surgery. And now the insurance company turns around and says, for some odd reason, they're not going to cover it now. And even in the fine print, when they give you that authorization, they're, they're, they're stating something to the fact that like we're not we're we're going to authorize it, but we're not guaranteeing it. <laughs> and then they come up with excuses. Now wait, hold on, I'm going to stop you right there because you know so many times people think if they get one of these big insurance companies that it's guaranteed they're going to cover it. Right. But you're saying not only is it not guaranteed that it's going to be covered, but it could even be you know pre-authorized, and then still they won't cover it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's crazy the stories I hear, you know, and, and they give you sometimes all the, all the letters are different. You know, you got different insurance companies, how they word it, but you better read that fine print and see what it says. And I'm sure you've seen people who have not been covered and, you know, not received coverage, excuse me. And that does, that can wipe somebody out. Can that cause them to go bankrupt? Even, this right? is the major reason for bankruptcy in the United States. It's all uh, medical bills. There's nothing like medical bills that's causing bankruptcy in the U.S. That That's the major thing. Because look, even if you have an accident, you're in the car, let's say they didn't have any health, you know, any insurance on their auto yes. for you. And you get this really bad accident and, you know, you, you have to go through multiple surgeries. Your bills could be a million dollars, you know, but they might not be working, they didn't have any insurance, or they had no insurance that would cover you in this situation. And now you're going to sue them. And even when you sue them, they might say, okay, you know, this was settled for $300,000. Your attorney is going to take their third. And then you're going to say, okay, I only have $200,000 left, but my bills are like $1.5 million. How am I going to pay for this? So then you're going to call me up and you're going to come to me and say, Adrian, can you help me negotiate this down? And that's what I do for people. I help them. And even if it's something that, let's say it wasn't an auto accident. Let's say it was um, a situation uh, where, you won't believe this. I've had um, appendectomies that, now look, you're in the hospital, you got this pain down below and they feel that you, you need an appendectomy and it's done right there at the hospital. You went came to the emergency room, but guess what? They're gonna deny saying it wasn't medically necessary. Okay, what? well, <laughs> I'm gonna fight that. I'm gonna sure it gets paid. And uh, the stories I could tell you, even with just appendectomies. And then, and then this is another thing. So you get a doctor. So it's not just the hospital, it's not paying, you know, not getting paid, but sometimes it's the doctor. The doctor, I've seen cases like this, appendectomies. They're going to bill the patient sometimes over $20,000. They usually never get paid more than about $3,500 for the surgery, okay? But that doctor, he got paid $3,500 or it might went towards your deductible and then you got to come up with the money for the $3,500. But then even if you pay that $3,500, then they might come after you for another $17,000 or more. What happened on that case? Easy. So when those things happen, you're going to come to me because I'm going to help you get out of that situation. They don't have a right to do that. And even though you are in the New Jersey and New York marketplace, you can help anybody. So someone could be in Texas or in Pennsylvania or in Nevada, and they could still come to you for help. I had a case recently in California 
the the client originally thought, okay, the bill's about a hundred thousand dollars, and we went we went on a percentage basis. Well, then they came down to sixty, and at the end, guess how much it was? I saved them with this hospital in California six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Wow! Holy now God. I didn't charge them a percentage of six hundred and sixty because we originally thought it was a hundred, you know, and. And even when people pay me, either it's an hourly or percentage basis, this one was percentage and they slowly paid me, which I'm fine with. I never charge any interest, but you know, what I lived through myself, what my own experience was, and here I'm working for an insurance company and I get a bill from my neurologist after I had the brain surgery where the bill was like 275 and I'm an employee, this insurance company, I have health insurance and they're only giving me $87 of that you know, 200 something. Okay. Really? And I'm working for the insurance company. Oh my gosh. So, you know, in your experience, when should someone come to you? Should they wait until it's denied? Should they wait until the bills are piling in? What What's the ideal place for them to seek your help to do the most damage control in the situation? Well, some people come to me even before the bills are coming because they they don't know how, they can't be bothered with it. And I have families where I do their bills for them all the time. And sometimes I get the denials and sometimes I'm fighting for them. Um, but I always tell people, you can come to me in advance, I can give you some advice, but they usually come as soon as there's a denial. And when you get that denial, you come to me as soon as possible because you don't want to get to a collection agency and then you got to fight with the collection agency. Yeah. And then your credit is trashed on top of everything else too. Right. So share with us, what, what was one of the bigger stories, if you don't mind? And I don't, if you choose one that's, you know, an emotionally big story or a financially big story, but what was one of the circumstances where you really felt like you were able to make a difference and somebody would have been in a heck of a lot of trouble without you? All right. There was a case. Um, this is a big one. It was about $1.5 million. Um, it was in New York. She uh, was able to go to this hospital for three years. She had stage four cancer. Now, all of a sudden, the state of New York is saying, okay, if you take this policy through the state, you can no longer go to this hospital. They were denying her claims. and. I spoke to the hospital. I spoke to her insurance company. I spoke to the attorney general for the state. Wow. And, and you know what? And there were like, it wasn't just the hospital. There were also doctor's bills. And it was, as I said, about 1.5 million. And after reaching out to all these departments and the insurance company was really working on it, she died about... <gasps> seven months after I started working on it. And three oh. weeks later, they turned around and paid that $1.5 billion. Oh but she goodness. wasn't physically here anymore. I have to tell you, that is one case that I'll never forget because she wasn't here. And her friends, her family, you know, I, I, I made sure that they got the money and she never had a family. You know, she, she only had her parents. Sure. Um, but she loved horses and she had a couple of horses and all the money after she died went for care for those horses. 
Mm. Well, bless your heart for taking that on. I mean, it's such a brutal industry right now. And unfortunately, what's crazy about it is how much money people are spending. I mean, a lot of people are spending as much for their health insurance. It's like a second mortgage for them. And they're training employees to deny all of these things. So when you were working there and they trained you, did anybody ask anything or you were just told this is what you do and don't ask? Well, I'm going to give you an example that I've been telling people recently because of another case that's going on right now. But listen to this. I was also in disability and I do help people apply for disability. If it's their first time around and I feel it's something that they should be covered for. Mm -hmm. So they knew that they had to pay out this money and the person died and the policy was for a million dollars a payout. They held on to that case for 24 months. And after the 24 months, they send them a draft. Now we're up to 25 months. They send them a draft and said to him, we will pay you in another month. I mean, why would you hold on to this money for so long? How could you do this to these people? You know, and I, and and we knew it had to be paid, but yeah. they they held on tight and wouldn't let it go for 25 months, which is emotional and financial torture for the person on the other end of all of this. That's right. That's right. Incredible. So yeah. I, I really appreciate you being here. And, you know, everybody knows somebody who's had problems with coverage for their health care costs. And, you know, I had a super close friend of mine who went through something and they didn't want to cover it. And it's remarkable. You pay all this money, but at the end of the day, none of the companies, none of the alternatives out there, none of them can guarantee 100% that they're going to pay anything. Isn't that a safe thing to tell people? Right. You know, like I had a case recently where the guy, uh, they listen to this, <laughs> they said to him, don't worry. He's got this insurance, but he's, he's now 67 years old when he had the, when he had the surgery. And um, the insurance company paid out the money. And guess what? They took the money back. They took now, it the back? reason why, wait, yeah, listen. They, do that? they took the money back because they said to him, you have a business and you only had three people. You're now over 65. You got to remember this. Anybody who owns a business. If you're over 65 and you have less than 20 employees, you have to go on to direct Medicare. But. This insurance company, the commercial insurance, kept on taking his money every single month, did not notify him saying, hey, get on Medicare. And then they took the money back. And, and I had a fight for them to still continue to pay it. Because they took it back and then, and then they had to pay. How's he going to get $160,000 out of That's this? That's great. Were you able to help him? Were you able yes. to reverse the reversal? So to speak? I, you know, they still wanted money from him, but at least it was lowered. And a lot of times when I lower bills, it's either I get them down very often to a 90 to 95% off, or sometimes I even get it to the point where they don't have to pay any money. So you're handling two different things. One is the denial of coverage, and the other is reducing what the debt would be, both. Right. Like I've had, listen, I've had people come here to the United States from overseas, and something happens, and they might have travel insurance, but travel insurance pays out very little. So the person was in the hospital for like a hundred, I had a case of $130,000 and, um, and they only had to pay about like 
I don't know, 3000. And I got the rest written off. Because, because even, even other cases, I've had the whole thing written off because these people, they wind up in a hospital, they're here in the United States, they wind up in the hospital, they're visiting their family, and they don't have the money to pay this. Mm -mm -mm. So when when I can prove they don't have the money, I mean, you know, what are you going to do, get blood from a stone? (laughs) you, you You can't get it where it's not there. Well, I'm really excited to have you here today because I've honestly never met somebody that specifically does what you do. I mean, obviously I'm an attorney. I know other attorneys, but this is a whole different ballpark. I mean, you are coming out of that industry. You've got about 30 years of experience working in insurance, correct? Right, 34 years. And I lecture before attorneys, financial planners, and CPAs, and they get credits by listening to me. Even better. And you've also written some books. Maybe take a second and share those. Right. I so solved curing your medical insurance problems, which is right over here. Uh, that book came out uh, eight years ago. It was endorsed by Ralph Nader, who ran for president in 2000. The other book that came out is called Multi-Payer Medicine Nightmare, Made in the USA. This book, which is still selling pretty well, is Solved Curing Your Medical Insurance Problems. And within the next year, I'm hoping to get out another book, which is going to be called Apparently Different, because I was apparently different for 25 years of my life people didn't know I was going to have a seizure. I'm normal. Everything's okay. And all of a sudden the seizure comes on. So I was apparently different. And I interviewed about 25 other people who are also apparently different. Outstanding. And that book that you have, that's currently still selling, that's available on Amazon. Right. Amazon. Yeah. Okay. So they can look you up on their wall. Adrian, <laughs> thank thank you. you so much for being here today. And um, one more time, if you want to give out your website so they can contact you, that would be great. Thank you so much. So my website is www.medicalinsuranceadvocacy.com. My phone number is 845-978-9493. Call me anytime. The reason for that, Al, behind me is because we give a hoot about our claims. (laughs) I love that. And if you are uh, listening on the podcast, you've got her information. If you're watching it in Facebook or on YouTube, please feel free to post comments or questions that you have, and we make sure that she sees them and she can respond to you. So Adria, thank you for fighting for the underdog. um, And thank you for taking an incredibly unique position on something that financially devastates so many people in the United States. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Slay Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to join our exclusive Facebook group, you can reach out to Leanna and her staff at slaywithlg at gmail.com. That's S-L-A-E with L-G at gmail.com.